Our first reading for this afternoon is from the 11th chapter of Deuteronomy. You shall therefore love the Lord your God and keep his charge, his statutes, his rules, and his commandments always. And consider today, since I am not speaking to your children who have not known or seen it, consider the discipline of the Lord your God, his greatness, his mighty hand and his outstretched arm, his signs and his deeds that he did in Egypt to Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and to all his land, and what he did to the army of Egypt, to their horses, and to their chariots, how he made the water of the Red Sea flow over them as they pursued after you, and how the Lord has destroyed them to this day, and what he did to you in the wilderness until you came to this place, and what he did to Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, the son of Reuben, How the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them up with their households, their tents, and every living thing that followed them in the midst of all Israel. For your eyes have seen all the great work of the Lord that he did. You shall therefore keep the whole commandment that I command you today, that you may be strong and go in and take possession of the land that you are going over to possess, that you may live long in the land, that the Lord swore to your fathers to give to them and to their offspring a land flowing with milk and honey. But the land that you are entering to take possession of, it is not like the land of Egypt from which you have come, where you sowed your seed and irrigated it like a garden of vegetables. The land that you are going over to possess is a land of hills and valleys which drinks water by the rain from heaven a land that the Lord your God cares for. The eyes of the Lord your God are always upon it from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. And if you will indeed obey my commandments that I command you today to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart, with all your soul, he will give the rain for your land in its season, the early rain and the later rain, You may gather in your grain and your wine and your oil, and he will give grass in your fields for your livestock, and you shall eat and be full. Take care lest your heart be deceived, and you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. Then the anger of the Lord will be kindled against you, and he will shut up the heavens so that there will be no rain, and the land will yield no fruit. And you will perish quickly off the good land that the Lord is giving you. You shall therefore lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul. And you shall bind them as a sign on your hand. And they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall teach them to your children. Talking of them when you are sitting in your house. And when you are walking by the way. and When you lie down and when you rise. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates, that your days and the days of your children may be multiplied in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers to give them as long as the heavens are above the earth. For if you will be careful to do all this commandment that I command you to do, loving the Lord your God, walking in all his ways, and holding fast to him, 
And the Lord will drive out all these nations before you. And you will dispossess nations greater and mightier than you. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads shall be yours. Your territory shall be from the wilderness to the Lebanon and from the river, the river Euphrates to the western sea. No one shall be able to stand against you. The Lord your God will lay the fear of you and the dread of you on all the land that you shall tread as he promised you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second reading is from the 12th chapter of Matthew. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry, and they began to pluck heads of grain and to eat. But when the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. And he said to them, Have you not read what David did when he was hungry? Those who were with him, how he entered the house of God and ate the bread of the presence, which it was not lawful for him to eat, nor for those who were with him, but only for the priests. Or have you not read in the law how on the Sabbath the priests and the temple profane the Sabbath and are guiltless? I tell you, something greater than the temple is here. If you had known what this means... I desire mercy and not sacrifice. You would not have condemned the guiltless, for the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. He went on from there and entered their synagogue, and a man was there with a withered hand. And they asked him, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? So that they might accuse him. He said to them, Which one of you who has a sheep? falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will not take hold of it and lift it out. Of how much more value is a man than a sheep? So it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And the man stretched it out, and it was restored, healthy like the other. But the Pharisees went out and conspired against him. How to destroy him. Jesus, aware of this, withdrew from there, and many followed him. And he healed them all and ordered them not to make him known. This was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah Behold, my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved with whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him. And he will proclaim justice to the Gentiles. He will not quarrel or cry aloud, nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not quench. Until he brings justice to victory, and in his name the Gentiles will hope. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We continue our recitation of the Ten Commandments with the close. What does God say about all these commandments? He says, I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the fathers 
to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. What does this mean? God threatens to punish all who break these commandments. Therefore, we should fear his wrath and not do anything against them. But he promises grace and every blessing to all who keep these commandments. Therefore, we should also love and trust in him and gladly do what he commands. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. A few weeks ago, I mentioned that God is a jealous God. And indeed, we hear this from this Exodus 20 passage where it says that I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. He's jealous. When we use the word jealous or jealousy, we usually think of it almost always, inevitably, as a negative. We'll say that someone is jealous of another person, of maybe the husband or wife that they have, or jealous of something that someone else possesses. And yet with God, when he says that he is jealous, that's a positive. It's a positive because he wants you. He desires to have you and you alone. And that he wants you to look at him as your only God, your one and only God, and nothing else. God does not want to share you with anyone or anything else. He wants him to be everything in your heart and in your soul that you long for most and care for most. And nothing else. He doesn't want to share you with anything else. And to show you how much he loves you, he said this today, that he is a jealous God, showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. Well, that is the perfect picture. That he, being jealous, will show love to all of us who love him and us who keep his commandments. The problem with that is that we don't always love him like we should. And we don't always keep his commandments like we could or like we should. And in fact... That's the challenge. We often break his commandments. Daily. Multiple times in a day. Just read through the Ten Commandments and ask yourself how many times today did you break each of them? And how many times did we break each of them today? The number would be staggering. And if that's the case, then where do we stand when it comes to our God? Our God who is so jealous that he doesn't want to share us with anything else. Our God who is so jealous that he has called all of us as Christians to love him alone and to keep his commandments. Where does that put us? When all we do is break the commandments day in and day out, even though we want to keep them and desire and even try. 
We still fail. Where does that put us? Today in our Matthew passage, Jesus quoted, actually, Matthew quoted Isaiah. And this passage from Isaiah is quoted to describe Jesus. And I think it is one of the most wonderfully shocking passages of Scripture that show us how our jealous God can also be so merciful to us whom he is jealous over. And this is what the passage said from Matthew. This was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. Behold, my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved with whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him and he will proclaim justice to the Gentiles. He will not quarrel or cry aloud, nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break and a smoldering wick. He will not quench until he brings justice to victory. And in his name, the Gentiles will hope. Well, that name that Isaiah is referencing is, of course, Jesus Christ, the one whom God the Father placed the Spirit at his baptism when that Spirit descended. But the passage, it's actually a line that I find so fascinating, is this. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not quench. Now the reeds they're talking about, they're they're a lot like the reeds you can see in our woods. I remember as a kid walking around the woods, I would play with, uh, we called them water weeds. They were like five feet tall. They had little snapdragons. You'd touch the seeds and they popped in your hands. I love these things. Well, when you broke them, they were mostly made of water. They went crunch. And they were because they were filled with water, they just they just bent over and they just stayed that way. And you could see where you kind of snapped them. They didn't snap off. They were kind of like celery in that regard. Celery doesn't break that easily. These were kind of pliable, but where you bent it. Bruise, it actually looked like a bruise. It got dark. And it would just hang there. It would hang there till fall, till the whole thing just dried out. Now you could take it, and I remember doing this as a kid, putting it back up, and guess what it would do? Fall back over. Put it back up, it would just fall back over. I guess you could tape it, or duct tape or something, but it wasn't going to heal. It was a bruised reed. It was useless. It was not going to grow back. It was not going to grow strong. It was weak. Just like us who break God's word and God's commandments, we are no better than bruised reeds. You can't put us back up. We're just going to fall back over. What should happen is that should just be yanked out of the ground and tossed to the side. It's useless. It's bruised. But that's not what the Christ does. And that's exactly what Isaiah said. A bruised reed he will not break. We who 
break all of God's commandments. We are that bruised reed. And the Christ does not come and just whip us out of the ground or throw us to the side. He doesn't do that. He is so jealous for you and so longing to have you, to make you his own child. He'll do anything for you. And there was another line. Not only a bruised reed he will not break, but a smoldering wick he will not quench. I don't know about you, but this time of year, a lot of people put out candles. I love candles this time of year. Fall candles, maple-smelling candles, candles that smell like pine trees pretty soon for Christmas. They're always lit in my house. Well, you can take a candle and just, you know, when you're done with it, blow it out, right? Sometimes it just smokes still. I can't stand that. And the candle, the wick on it is still glowing. You ever see that when you blow a candle out? It's still glowing. It's still smoking. It looks like maybe it could reignite into a fire or maybe it's just going to slowly die. It's kind of in this middle zone. Isaiah said a smoldering wick, that candle in the middle zone, the Christ will not come by and quench, meaning lick his two fingers and go, there, that's how done with that smoldering. You won't do that to us. Even though we who have failed to keep God's commandments, failed to ignite ourselves into a flame of living life of faith every single day, even though at times we're just like a smoldering wick, just kind of looking hot and, you know, it looks like it couldn't ignite, but we never do. We just kind of smoke and smolder. The Christ doesn't come by and just snuff us out. doesn't do that to us. Because, and we can give thanks to God for this, he is a jealous God. He wants you. And he will do anything to make sure that you are his. Even if you're just a bruised reed, and even if you're just a smoldering wick, he still wants you. He still loves you that much. And to show you how much he loves you. He sent the Christ who would die for our sins, die for our bruised reedness, die for our being a smoldering wick, suffer for us so that we wouldn't be just snapped off and wouldn't just be quenched out, snuffed out. Die for us so that our sins could all be 100% atoned for, made right. In the eyes of God the Father. And so that you truly could be a holy and pleasing people in the eyes of God the Father. Not by our own efforts. But solely by the work of Jesus Christ our Lord. His work. Which truly makes us acceptable in the eyes of God the Father. And received by God. Christ has always been our only hope in this world. Our only hope so that we could be those who love God and keep his commandments. 
Christ's. It's only by Christ and because of Christ that we can be seen that way in God the Father's eyes. Thanks be to Christ, we are. Amen. And now may the peace of our God, which surpasses our understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.